0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok.
2: And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News in Cues episodes. The Cues stands for questions, and the news stands for news. It stands for itself. It supports itself. It's a standee of news, Ken. It's a Star Wars standee of news.
4: <laughs> uh,
3: coming to a theater soon. Uh, this is going to be fun. We got some, We got actually uh, some news that is uh, making me really I'm excited to discuss it. Always happy to discuss Star Wars news. We're going to dive into some big book news here shortly. Uh, before we do that, we want to remind you about another form of uh, book reading, book listening. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll center recommends an audiobook we need. I need you to try out because <laughs> we're going to do a big review on it. Deep Dive coming up later this week. Week. joseph uh, that's not all though
2: no no first we need you to read that book with your ears this new way that ken's talking about <laughs> but we also have this other offer from inside editions they're a publisher of a ton of great star wars books and other pop culture books they're offering 35 percent off across their website if you use this special link insighteditions.com slash discount slash fc35. This week we are recommending the Insight Editions book Secrets of the Jedi. Many great secrets in there. A very fun book and its companion book The Secrets of the Sith should be arriving very soon. If you're interested in checking out those books or any Insight Editions book you can use this link Insideeditions.com slash discount slash FC35.
3: So excited for that. And just housekeeping in front of the house here. I think, Joseph, I got a package notification for some uh, Secrets of the Sith coming our way. Ooh, so, you got a Sith notification. Sith those are the I uh, can't wait to dive into that one there. Uh, check out those offers on us. Uh, Star Wars of Life Adventures, as you can probably tell from my voice, um, I don't know. Before the show, I was like, Joseph, do I sound weird? He's like, no, you sound great. I realized just now, Joseph, my ears haven't popped from the plane.
2: Uh, (laughs) Ah, Everything
3: sounds weird. (laughs) In the headphones, Uh, a lot going on with me. Joseph, I want to know how you are doing, sir.
2: I'm doing just fine. And if you want to, right while we're recording and everything, try that thing where you like hold your nose and then blow, you know, I think that's safe, right? (laughs) It it, it
3: hurt. I tried that on the plane last night and uh, well, I'm not going to do that again. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably probably not the best advice. Uh, certainly not an expert. Uh, for me, Star Wars, uh, life adventures, uh, a lot of fun uh, stuff going on, lots of busyness. Um, this is a pop culture thing, but not a Star Wars thing, but kind of a Star Wars thing. Uh, big James Bond fan. Uh, my wife and I watched <laughs> all of the James Bond movies, uh, not just Daniel you know, Craig ones, but all of them uh, in a buildup over the last uh, month, six weeks. Uh, to see the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, which we did at Grauman's Theater on Friday. It was great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, sometimes there's some overlap between Bond and Star Wars, uh, certainly just uh, with characters. Uh, the movie Octopussy features uh, many people that you will see in Star Wars. Uh, Roger Moore dresses a clown yelling at Admiral Mahdi. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, so there's there's actor uh, overlap with the British connection there. Uh, but sometimes there's some thematic overlap. And I was really excited to see uh, some thematic overlap in uh, in No Time to Die. I won't, uh, won't talk about it at all because I don't want any spoilers. Uh, my wife and I will be talking about No Time to Die on our podcast, Obsessed, if you're interested. So that was like one of those kind of life adventures that was uh, enhanced uh, by the amount of time that we get to spend thinking and talking about Star Wars. And then my other Star Wars adventure this week, Ken, is a it's a to be continued from last week's episode where we talked about that George Lucas action figure that was coming out. And you yeah. had written the great question uh, for our news conversation of what other like real people cameos in Star Wars or just real creators, we like to see action figures of. And I thought, you know, I really want a Ralph MacQuarie action figure. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> Ralph MacQuarie had a cameo in Empire Strikes Back. I bet there's an action figure of it. In seconds before we hit record, I looked it up. It was incredibly affordable, uh, a hit order. And it was like... <laughs> It was one of the great, uh, great moments of my week where I, I got the notification, much like you, not a Sith notification, a Macquarie notification finished my work for the day then went and picked up the package and it was oh this action figure is beautiful it's in pristine condition and it's that weird thing of like I know exactly what it is and I love it for what it is because of Ralph Macquarie's amazing contributions to Star Wars mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I have that kind of outside of myself joy too of like it's funny that I am so excited to just have an action figure of an old man yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's just uh, from anybody else, like, why is he so excited to have an action for this old guy in in you know uh, winter weather gear? <laughs> but it's a great figure of uh, uh, General Farrell MacQuarie, uh, right. the character you see in Empire Strikes Back. So that was my big Star Wars adventure, getting getting old man MacQuarie action figure. Hey, uh, you know, respect to
3: uh, MacQuarie for sure. Yeah, uh, I love uh, I love the I must get it because my Star Wars life will not be complete without it uh, type of moments we all
2: experience i just had to have him. it was it was uh, not a considered thing it was just a in the seconds before we recorded and he brought me so much joy already yeah i have a friend who uh, despite
3: some recent financial hardships had purchased a long time ago the uh new luke skywalker sideshow one that's just come out the the jedi luke you know robe and green lightsaber and it, it he just texted me this morning he's like I'm probably applying for part-time work. Worth it by looking at this poster or looking at this figure.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's just so beautiful when mm. the little bits of molded plastic can bring <laughs> joy. Uh, you had a lot of adventures, Ken. You you went yeah, on it. a far trip to a faraway place and uh, had adventures beyond the horizon.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, New York, the whole planet is a city. <laughs> uh, I, I went. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun out there doing uh, two shows with Mark Ellis and so many um, many folks who uh, graced the stage out there at the New York Comedy Club in the East Village. Uh, we had we had a blast, and uh, uh, it was also New York Comic Con. I didn't get. I wasn't there for New York Comic Con. I was there for a um, for the comedy, and then also ended up appearing at the uh, L- Schmodown, Down uh, event, the movie trivia show event in Brooklyn. So a lot of folks out there. The shows are packed with the uh, positive, friendly you know faces in the crowd and, and energy, which is always great as a comic. But also, you know, uh, even as Mark Ellis said, there's nothing like making a room of strangers laugh. But uh, <laughs> we love sitting down with the, the familiar faces. And so, for me, you and I have talked before about Star Wars humor in regular stand up sets, which can be hit or miss. And I think it's way more uh, accepted now. Um, the another comic up on the show, Kyle Lewis. Um, did a lot of wonderful and important uh, 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 jokes about superheroes and bits about superheroes that I say important because he he tied into some really interesting um, had some really interesting uh, takes on, on social issues of the day as, as they're related to Marvel and DC stuff. It, it was great. Um, so crowds are more open than that, but you never know if you're going to drop a detailed Star Wars joke. <laughs> you never know, and uh, I do do one right now, and it worked. And there was a guy, ga- and, and and it worked because a lot of the people in the crowd know, hey, it's it's a it's a Star Wars guy. Like we get it. Force Center, a lot of Force Center friends, uh, Force Center fans and friends there. Nice. You know, we always appreciate that. But there's one guy in the front row on my Thursday night show when I went into this 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 bit I do about it, that involves Garvin. Dave Drace and the finals firing on the desk, all these kind of things. Um, he was just, there was a special kind of enjoyment that he was, <laughs> and, and, and I, and I felt it. I felt the head nods. Of a of a lifelong uh, Star Wars fan who's probably been uh, bullied and shamed along the way, <laughs> and we all been there. And it is our age, it is our moment, and it was always fun. So a lot of the, a lot of great uh, fun this week. I do love New York. Uh, I do love being there, but uh, it does feel like does feel like Gorson every now and then. I was looking, and I did go to a diner. We went to a diner the first night, Ellis <laughs> and I and Grace at Remedy Diner, and I got to tell you, it had, it absolutely had Dexter Diner vibes. It was oh, happy.
2: that's so great. Did you try to order a Jawa
3: juice? <laughs> just no droid on the inside, just a hostess uh, asking for our Vax cards, which we appreciated.
2: But, just Hermione bagwad demanding your Vax <laughs>
3: cards. <laughs> so it was good. Thanks to all those uh, who I... Did meet. Uh, sometimes it's a whirlwind, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I know I do, and I I, I, I never want to speak to Joseph for Joseph or Jennifer forever. I, I, I know that we just really appreciate when people go out of their way to, to tell us that uh, they listen to Four Center. Um, it means a lot because it's, uh, it's all about the community here, so a lot of fun. But we're back. Joseph landed last night, ran up uh, three hours north to get my dog from my mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> and am <I'm laughs> skidding back into town to record. So that's why my voice sounds a little, a little worse for wear, but it's a good time indeed.
2: I think your voice sounds great outside of your own head, uh, which usually when you're talking about that, it's more of a kind of a mental health thing. Mm -hmm. But actually, physically, your voice sounds great outside your head, Ken.
3: Uh, I wish I had a a quick meeting before this. I wish I'd known that. I wouldn't have sounded so weird going. I think your mic's broken. Something's wrong with your mic. Fix your (laughs) mic.
2: So, so. Well, those are great adventures, and you can yeah. you can absolutely speak for me uh, when you say it is great to meet uh, Force Center fans. It's always nice uh, when people let us know that they enjoy what we do and being a part of this community. So uh, congrats on all your awesome adventures this weekend.
3: Oh, thank you, sir. And we'll dive into the Star Wars news. And hey, our Force Center community loves them some Star Wars books, <laughs> and we have got some new books coming out. This was information, of course, announced last week. It's our chance to dive into this. Uh, So I'll run through, Joseph, what we've got coming, and then I want to get your overall thoughts. We'll discuss that, and then we'll dive into these books on an individual basis. Yeah. We've got Star Wars Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. Luke and Lando hunt Ochi of Bastoon two decades after the Battle of Endor. There is uh, perhaps Ochi is uh, searching for a particular family with maybe a young daughter that they have. Oh, there's some big questions that might be answered. Uh, The Sith returning uh, or maybe rumors of the Sith, a lot of things going on. And this is post Lando having his daughter abducted pretty serious potential, uh, potentially serious stuff to dive into as well. This one comes out June 28th, 2022. Then Mike Chen will bring us star Wars brotherhood set towards the beginning of the clone war. Kenobi that's Obi-Wan is out to investigate (laughs) Again, a crime on Kato Nemodia that might have uh, uh, Saj Ventress behind it. Her workings, uh, you know, Saj might be around (laughs) them. Anakin gets promoted to Jedi Knight and crashes Kenobi's investigation. Uh, This one actually comes um, out before of Sith, May 10th, 2022. uh, On or around that uh, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim kind of uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, then we got Star, Star Wars Stories of Jedi and Sith, several authors telling stories of light and dark in this middle grade reader coming out June 7th, 2022. And then this one, this one's, uh, I do believe, YA. I forgot to write down that note for myself, but I do believe it is. And uh, this is uh, Star Wars Padawan by Kirsten White, a young Kenobi and Qui-Gon adventure. Oh, my gosh. Young teen Kenobi struggles to find his place in the Force and wants action. He seeks action. And Qui-Gon is busy dealing with his own master, Count Dooku, leaving the Jedi. And there's a lot more. This comes out July 26, 2022. Delicious, delicious titles. To tip my hand of the deck. Uh, hand I'm playing with this deck here. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, overall thoughts on uh, these books.
2: Huge. This is huge Star Wars news to me. Uh, yes. And I think a lot of fans, this is so uh, tons of exciting uh, announcements in here. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the, my first just big picture reaction was um, kind of summed up by the, the, I believe, the first sentence of the actual article on StarWars.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first sentence is, some essential Star Wars stories are coming to our galaxy. Uh, that is so what is unignorable about these book announcements as Star Wars fans. The uh, the Star Wars stories of Jedi and Sith that sounds cool, there might be some great stuff in that. Uh, but the other three, in particular, Shadow of the Sith and the uh, um, the Brotherhood book, the Obi Wan and Anakin, those are huge. Let's fill in. Mm. canon details that are are sitting there that you know that uh Star wars fans have talked about a ton you and I have talked about a ton uh we we have answered uh, hundreds of questions <laughs> some uh, offered to us by listeners some uh, offered to us by ourselves of when will they tell uh this story mm. do we want to see it in a book do we want to see it here do we want to see it there this is just some like huge cannon uh, fodder. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, And I'm just, I'm really fascinated to see if this is going to be a little bit of the perspective, the goal of the publishing arm going forward. We've got the High Republic is a big hit and it's off and running and it's going to be here for a while. Uh, And a lot of the publishing before this then has been build up to or supporting films. Yeah, So if the the side of publishing that isn't just High Republic. If the goal now is to kind of go through and uh, the story and go, what what can be filled in by books, you know, and that makes it really exciting to think uh, think about it from that perspective.
3: Yeah, well, uh, as as expected, right there with you. I'm running <laughs> along uh, the track of uh, excitement with you. Um, I uh, in getting re- I had to leave. Wednesday, and I was I had to go somewhere Tuesday. It was it was kind of crazy getting ready to to go to New York, and this news kind of popped up, and and I saw it out of the corner of my eye. Maybe on Twitter, I think right. And I we, we you and I both love the High, High Republic is on fire. I, I'm really enjoying the book we're reading right now. I actually consider it one of my favorite reads so far. Um, love it. So here's the night we don't get to ch- we don't have to choose between High Republic and other storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> we get to, both errors, all errors. But I saw the announcement. I went, oh, okay, okay, some new Star Wars books. And I, I just, you know, didn't click on it right away. And then when I finally clicked on it, Joseph, I, I, my, my eyes popped. I was right? like, this is stuff that we've been waiting for, wanting. I'm excited. And then I thought, God bless those authors. The pressure that's probably on them. <laughs> some of this stuff, dumb, and man, and and, and my imagination just started going. I, and and you, you have those thoughts of, hey, could they, could they do this as live action? Could this be an animated show? And 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 do you know, quote unquote, more Star Wars fans deserve to get this story. Right. And, and, and that, that's maybe a separate discussion. Love to hear your thoughts on that too, Joseph. But I, I, I just also feel like I, as a longtime Star Wars book reader and a modern era book reader, give, we deserve this, give us this, give us this, <laughs> give us this, reward us. Uh, and they, and they've been rewarding us uh, from the beginning, but you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, no, 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 this is ours. This is ours. Give us. Yeah, this. no,
2: I had, I had like, uh, I would say 92% joy and 8% wait. These feel like some pretty big things. Like in particular, I have been on about wanting to see Anakin's uh, transition into night. Uh, and feeling yeah. like that's, and you know, it, it was so much a, a um, it, it's, it's been missing in my opinion. Yes. Um, because it's, it's kind of caught up a little bit, not entirely with the uh, Gennady Tartakovsky, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's not, fully canon obviously anymore Um, so I've been waiting for that forever so there is that little like little part of me is like but what about (laughs) having this on screen Uh, but I think the majority of me is just happy to have these stories told they can be told in a different way because they're novels but in terms of any like reading the tea leaves yeah for obviously Lucasfilm being like yeah go ahead tell those stories there it makes me feel like there is an interest in pushing forward on the screen because mm-hmm. these are filling in uh you know little important pieces of stories that we already know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that makes me really feel like well look we've got plenty of storytelling coming on the screen between Disney plus and the movie plans and you know we want to be looking forward on screen
3: yeah gotcha I mean meaning you're talking about like rogue squadron being in a completely new era this and that and so this is our chance to go into this time period
2: yeah Yeah. And Mandalorian building, you know, it's a whole own little Mando verse. And, you know, who knows what's going to spill out of the acolyte or, you know, Mm -hmm. if there's going to be some High Republic storytelling on screen eventually. Um, And I think for me, like if, if I'm reading the tea leaves and a book idea comes up to go. Hey, we want to put out a book to to support Kenobi. Hey, what, what's an important part of Kenobi and Anakin's relationship to come out sometime around the television show? Because that'd be really good <laughs> to support yeah. that TV show that's coming out. And you know, if there's any moment where somebody says, "Hey, the book idea that that we got is involves Anakin becoming a knight," and somebody on you know somebody at Lucasfilm says, "Ooh, should that be on the screen?" And then there's that discussion of. um well, what do we want to tell on the screen? And that's yes. where I'm getting to of like, do we need to reserve screen time? Do we need to reserve every story to be told on screen? Or can we move forward for some of these characters that we've seen a lot on screen?
3: Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way to look at it. And I think you're right. And 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 this um uh there's something intriguing to me. And we'll dive into the individual individual ideas here in a second, but there's just something that interests me with some of these big Moments, but whether it be Anakin getting getting that promotion at work, uh, whether it be (laughs) Luke and Lando teaming up and some of the stuff around there, I like that. I know I'm going to be able to spend time with their thoughts.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I should also just want to say, like, uh, this is utter conjecture on my part. I do not fully. I have no full understanding of how the process goes within Lucasfilm. I'm just saying, for me, I think it's interesting to say it's okay. to share some of these big stories in books because we got a lot planned for the screen makes sense yeah. to me.
3: Yeah. 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 Where, yeah, exactly. You, you might get some stuff with uh, Vader, Anakin, Hayden, Ewan. and that, uh, you know, you don't, you'll not be worried about his promotion. On TV. <laughs> um, maybe not, or, or we'll see, but yeah, I agree with you on that there. Well, then let's, let's dive in here. Um, let, let's start with this middle grade reader. Not to, we're not ranking the ideas, but Hey, uh, stories of <laughs> Jedi and Sith is a little more general uh, it is a middle grade reader. There's se- several great authors on this list. I love this idea, Joseph, of, of just really once again taking kind of the. I know there was that book, the stories of of uh, light and dark from the, the Clone War stuff, but um, just taking the this Jedi, the Sith, and these major um, you know factions with philosophical differences on how to get through life and the galaxy, and just presenting them uh, at a middle grade reader level, and just. Boiling Star Wars down to its core ingredients something you and I are both interested in. I'm I'm intrigued by that. And we'll read it, too, because, you know, my reading level has probably slipped over the years. (laughs) I used to be ahead of my class in second grade. I had a higher. Now I'm like, give me the give me the eighth grade readers. Um, But uh, that's my thoughts on this one there.
2: Your thoughts on this book? Yeah, I hope this is a middle-grade reader full of big words. I want to read the word crepuscular in this middle-grade reader. I'm fine with that. Uh, But I do like the quicker reads because there's so much to read. Um, Yeah, no, I I really like – this sounds great. I'm sure that that fans of all ages, myself included, will enjoy it. But it also seems like, again, that kind of wisdom uh, from Lucasfilm to always be reintroducing Star Wars to the next generation. And this seems like a great way to say, hey, there's always room to tell more stories with these key characters Mm-hmm. this is a, a, a middle grade reader that can get across the core philosophies of Star Wars, like you're uh, saying, but of the Jedi and the Sith, the light and the dark, while also like really introducing or supporting a younger kid's love of these characters, right? If you just yeah. saw, if you if your parents just sat you down and you watched the, the Skywalker saga and you really want to know more about that Count Dooku guy. <laughs> yeah. Because you are just like an eight-year-old who's super into dignified evil guys <laughs> then you know you can read more about count dooku so that seems really smart to me yeah
3: mom I, is there a story about the one in the pajamas he's my favorite <laughs> like him um, i want to read more about bad jammies man <laughs> yes son, you're gonna learn a lot about uh being immoral and just uh searching power. <laughs> Uh, I agree with you on those takes there. And uh, a lot of uh, great authors working on this project as well. Again, that one comes out June 7th, 2022, because we're already making plans for this year, uh, next year coming up. Uh, Star Wars, a Padawan by Kirsten White. Uh, I mean, this, this was already, the the log line was already getting me, Joseph of, Ooh, a young, like teenage kind of Kenobi, Qui-Gon with a lot on his mind. And, then when I got to the part about, well, Dooku just left. I mean, that's, you and I love Dooku. You just mentioned him. We talk about him a lot just because a lot of what he represents. There's some great just storytelling around his decisions and his, uh, you know, his his life path. Um, good and bad. I, I I am really intrigued by this one, Joseph, just to, 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 to really dive into him. grumpy Qui-Gon trying to come to terms <laughs> with his teacher leaving. Young Kenobi going, give me some action, going off on his own. Ah, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I was really excited by this announcement of both these uh, Kenobi focused books. Obviously, Anakin in the other mm-hmm. one as well, and, and it sounds like Qui Gon and or the absence of Qui Gon
3: <laughs> yeah. is
2: really important to this one. Uh, in terms of like reading the tea leaves, uh, big picture, it's also I think I- I- interesting to think about when the Kenobi show is going to come out. You know, yeah. clearly yeah. Uh, May, May, June, summerish, <laughs> somewhere in there uh, to support these books and as a direction for. Uh, some of the other books as well that they might, you know, we might get some more uh, Andor storytelling when Andor comes out, kind of thing. Uh, so I want to be sure to say that. But also for this book, oh, this is so great. I love this sentence in the descrip- description, Ken. Mm-hmm. All of Obi Wan's friends are off training to be real Jedi, getting mission <laughs> experience while he's still on Coruscant, practicing his forms and sitting in silent contemplation. Uh, that is picking up so much on some of the great threads. Uh, that we got in Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice. So it's really painting this picture of young Obi-Wan. I love this idea that Qui-Gon is kind of distracted now that Dooku is gone and wondering about that and maybe his relationship to the Force and his philosophy changing a little bit more. It continues that story of uh, him kind of believing in Obi-Wan, but maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) not being uh, the most uh, attentive master, a little bit of tension there, all that. They're kind of different. But I think the thing that excites me the most about this is the idea of a true coming-of-age story about Obi-Wan and specifically about Obi-Wan's personal force philosophy, right? Because the story in the description sounds like um, he and Qui-Gon are supposed to go on a mission. Qui-Gon doesn't show up and Obi-Wan does something he shouldn't. (laughs) He sort of springs the trap like he is wont to do as a character and goes on the mission alone. Goes to this planet encounters other people who use the force and Obi Wan we we get to glean a lot about his force philosophy but we almost always see him as a mentor or somebody who is responding to somebody right. else's needs. Briefly in the prequel trilogy, uh, briefly in in um, Master and Apprentice, we get to see a little bit of him responding to his mentors. But to just dive into how does his personal relationship with the force and with the philosophy of the Jedi Order get shaped, that's really interesting stuff.
3: Yeah, this is, I understand, going to be another uh, from the vault of Ken makes weird references to other things to tie it into Star Wars. I get this. One of my favorite books is Christopher Moore's Lamb story of um, Jesus' best friend. So I'm not Hmm. comparing Obi-Wan to Jesus directly. Please,
2: please don't take that. uh, Many people have uh, compared his appearance (laughs) in Attack of the Clones.
3: Yes, but there's something what you're talking about here, Joseph, of him going to meet other people who use the force and maybe don't have the you know are in touch with it and have philosophies that, and they're not in uh in in the order and how that helps him at this key point in his life or distract you know just helps form his uh, his philosophies like you were saying uh, and comes back to it which, and, and the reason I mentioned Lamb is there's a little bit of that of of uh total fictional by the way obviously uh just uh, the, the jesus and his best friend go on and and uh they pursue the three wise men and 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 uh different philosophies and 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 what jesus gleans from these wise men and on the adventure and on the journey it, it's pretty funny but it's also pretty deep stuff and to have like you said this coming of age of Obi- obi-wan all right you want to go out in the galaxy here's what's out there and 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 Beyond the walls of the Jedi Order, what do you really feel about this Force thing and how to use it and where you want to take it? That's that's probably heavy stuff for what, you know, is a is a is a, you know, YA book or whatever that means to you out there. We love YA books here. Uh, But that's a great starting point for me.
2: Yeah. And for a character that we know his legacy will be to kind of go on to encourage everyone else to have patience. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. to have a a coming of age story that is clearly entirely about impatience of oh, mm-hmm. my friends are off being real jedi and i'm just doing this boring stuff and so i jump onto a ship alone when i shouldn't yeah. <laughs> and probably get in over his head uh that that's going to be great uh obi-wan yeah. kenobi learns a lesson of patience yeah and and the, yeah just again this final line Obi-Wan will test
3: the limits of, excuse me, Obi-Wan will test the limits of his relationship to the Jedi and to the Force in this exciting yet soulful exploration of one of Star Wars' most enduring heroes. This sounds like a Springsteen album coming our way. Um, (laughs) Love that description. Love that description. Uh, All right, I'm sorry, I'm still choking on airline peanuts, apparently, everybody. Uh, We have got this next one here, Joseph. Let's uh, keep the Kenobi train rolling. Uh, Michael Schoen's book, released May 10th, 2022. You touched upon it. uh, I forget the exact dates of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, as they are currently, currently scheduled. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Um, But we we don't know Kenobi, the TV show. We don't know the time frame yet. But this uh, this is starting to sound like uh, we might. We might get a few for may i don't know i don't
2: want to yeah yeah the the yeah so the the celebration uh may 26th through the 29th okay so this Um, comes out a little before got it yeah they they have been taking to usually having something premiere on may the 4th right Mm -hmm. um so I, i think there's a good chance that kenobi is the kind of big star wars day May Day. yeah Mm. Mayday. <laughs> Mayday is a different holiday that Star Wars hasn't taken over yet. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, the, the may the force be with you. Uh, yeah. I think somewhere in that ballpark for a Kenobi drop makes sense. Then we have this book yeah. uh, to really support it. And then when pe- everybody's got Kenobi fever still in July, <laughs> the Padawan book comes out. I have Kenobi fever at all times. It is a a, a delightful condition to have. Uh, yeah, but that that's making sense some amount of sense to me.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't love to, you know, we don't love to get into the uh, nitty and gritty on predictions and stuff on when things are being released. We'll we'll wait for the information when it comes out. But, hey, you know. Yeah, I I
2: mean, I I think on the the part of it that isn't about prediction about air dates because that's only so interesting because, you know, it's only a year away and then the answers will be there. What is interesting to me, though, is that this is not just a book about Kenobi. but This is a book about the early hopeful relationship between (laughs) Uh, kenobi and anakin where i would imagine yes. that this is going to be about kenobi getting some amount of belief in anakin that he is on the right path uh, yeah. to fulfilling the prophecy and becoming the wonderful jedi knight that he is supposed to be that Kenobi clearly clearly you know, frustrated by but believes in in revenge of the sith that it to have that emotional story regardless of exactly when the Kenobi television show comes out, I think this book is going to be a little bit of like road to Kenobi road to whatever (laughs) emotional confrontation that he and Vader have in the television show.
3: I was thinking as you're talking there, I'm almost hearing the, uh, the turtle song. Imagine me and you. (laughs) <laughs> I do, and this is like a flashback of uh, the formation, the, the the brotherhood really connecting here. And again, that's what this is called: brotherhood. Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker must stem the tide of the raging Clone Wars and forge a new bond as Jedi Knights. That's a great, great little thesis statement right there. of What we're gonna get here, uh, and uh, and and I'm fascinated. There's look, there's uh, there's a lot of early Clone War stuff out there between the show, the movie, Attack of the Clones. To really dive into that small section, Joseph, that's that's got me excited uh, uh, right from the start.
2: Yeah, because it's a huge explosive section, right? Because we're kind of told in the yeah. Clone Wars animated series that this is early in the war when we're catching up with them. But yeah. a ton of crap has happened. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan has been promoted to the council because he's on it very early in the Clone Wars animated mm-hmm. series. Uh, Anakin has become a knight. And very significantly to this book, something scarred him. And uh, we don't have that in modern canon. Uh, So I'm wondering if we're going to get the scar here too, right? Um, And then there's just everything, kind of the the, uh, early encounters uh, between Asajj and Obi-Wan, who have their weird weird flirtation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It appears like they have met before when we see them in the the Clone Wars animated movie. So that's really great. Um, So much here that that could be really great stuff about Jedi philosophy early in the war. We talk on our Clone Wars report so much about Justice for the Jedi, about how early in the war it seems like they must have been thinking about this in terms of defense, of, well, we're being attacked by the Separatists. They're being led by a fallen Jedi who we believe is a Sith Lord. That's totally (laughs) in our responsibility. So we're approaching the Clone Wars as defense, stabilized. let's end this quickly, uh, and to have that philosophy early on. You know, not and that's not even getting into the Obi Wan and Anakin relationship, the actual yeah. primary point of the book. Um, but that period, right when the Clone Wars uh, kicks off in the Jedi, you know, no, this isn't great, but we can handle it. Yeah, really uh- interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. The, the core of this is is these two, uh, the formation of this brotherhood, but uh, there's, there's the, the politics, of the war at play, um, uh, the the shenanigans of the war at play with the with Dooku and and Palpatine work behind the scenes, and then enter Assage Ventress. I I'm not expecting this to be a uh, a three pointed uh, focus story but I, I i'm i'm intrigued too by getting some ventures time you're you're right to point out that in modern canon that's just kind of like boom here you go maybe we we assume you saw the old uh, the old clone wars one so you're familiar with this character and we're going to kind of hit the ground running but now to actually go back and, and, and get a little bit of uh, potentially her story and her point of view and it will be a more robust version of ventress versus one that might have been written about 15 years ago when she was just a cool sinister ventress now i think we'll get a little bit more there so I- i'm gonna add that even in as an excited uh, exciting little uh, wrinkle to this story as as well um yeah not again I, but i understand this is uh, definitely focused on obi-wan kenobi <laughs>
2: And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but there'll be some quality. If Asage is the sort of big bad of the story, there'll be some quality stuff there. Um, a couple other things that I'm really excited about, Ken, is you know uh, the the choice of having this on Catanomodia. That's great for the to dive into all of the details about the way the Nimodians tried to kind of say like the trade. Yeah. We're the kind of, we're the trade federation, but also not. <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting, slippery part of, uh, of star Wars canon. So it's great to have it set there. Of course, uh, as many people pointed out, this book is uh, the backstory of that one line from yes. revenge of the Sith, potentially, <laughs> where yes. the business on Kato Nimodia doesn't, doesn't count. This book could have been called the business on Cato Nimodia and, Emodia, and <laughs> people would have been happy uh, one of the other things that I really pulled from the uh, description that I was super excited about is it's talking about Obi-Wan doing an investigation mm-hmm. and it says with the help of a heroic Nimodian guard. And I was thrilled mm-hmm. to read this because this is one of the things that have been, that's been great about modern Star Wars canon is taking some of the uh, characters or more importantly, cultures that are pretty one-sided uh, in the, yeah. Previous Star Wars storytelling and fleshing them out, we're seeing a bunch of different perspectives about what a Gungan can be in different books, right? We have the great understanding of the Tusken Raider culture in uh, the Mandalorian, and the Nymodians can can be pretty, uh, you know, villains. Period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with different, you know, ideas attached to them that that some of us can sometimes wrestle with. So the idea of seeing a Nymodian guard who is heroic, a Nymodian who is a little bit more three dimensional and maybe mm. heroic. Maybe representing a little bit more of uh, of the culture than what we've yeah. seen on screen. That's great. I think it's a great
3: point to pull out. And by the way, it reminds me that I'm still trying to pitch my evil Ewok story because they're all too <laughs> positive.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's got to be one of them who's dabbling in the dark arts.
3: <laughs> uh, but great point, Joseph. That's great. And yeah, so funny. I, I was um, I I did a, a search on that that quote of the business on catarrh pneumonia and and just. Surprised that if you just type that in, the going back, you know, to 2010, 11, 12, there's Google searches of people just asking, what was the business on okay. <laughs> no. Canada? Um, to get that answer, it it sounds like, a you know, we're having some light, fluffy canon joke, but go to, go to the, the top of this conversation. That's big. That's big. We've been asking that since 2005.
2: It is. I mean, I think Anakin's ascension to knighthood, the beginning of the Clone Wars, how how does Obi-Wan process um, Anakin becoming not a Padawan, but his brother is huge. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that's really one of the relationship things that's clear when you spend a lot of time watching uh the prequels and the clone wars animated series is that anakin needs a father figure he refers to obi-wan as a father and uh obi-wan seems more comfortable with anakin as his brother he's still obi-wan's still bossy
0: yeah (laughs)
2: he still worries about anakin he still bosses him around plenty in the clone wars animated series but it almost feels like there's this weight off of obi-wan's shoulders if anakin could be his own person fulfill his destiny. Obi Wan would prefer to have a brother than have a, a, a son. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm so curious to see how they dive into that.
3: Well, Mike Chen, we are waiting for this one with great anticipation, but we're also not done. Let's get to this uh, main event. Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. I just did want to say one other thing. Uh, oh, please. About this one. I'm, I'm so sorry. My Kenobi fever is out of control. Uh, <laughs> I'm also, all, all these authors uh, are, are great. They've all uh, had um, other pieces in in other parts of uh, Star Wars. Uh, but Mike Chen, the writer of Brotherhood, also wrote uh, what I think is one of my very favorite short stories from the Empire Strikes Back from a Certain Point of View book, uh, which is Disturbance. It's that great piece about exactly how Palpatine uh, started to put some pieces together. It features an amazing vision uh, from Vader. I Absolutely love that. So that makes me even more excited for this book because I so love that short story.
3: Well, that is a great addition to the conversation and glad you did it Uh, there. Yeah. Kenobi fever, no cure in sight. Uh, (laughs) uh, And uh, I am okay with that. Uh, But uh, jumping ahead in time. That's right. We are going to, uh, as we talked about earlier, Shadow of the Sith uh, by Adam Christopher. And uh, he, you and I were talking before uh, recording, Joseph, who says two short stories in both of the From a Certain Point of View novels, um, The Witness and End of Watch. We can talk about those. But uh, Joseph, let's just dive in. Let's get into this one here. The Empire's Dead, nearly two decades on from the Battle of Entor, and or the tattered remains of Palpatine forces fled to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. But for the heroes of the New Republic, danger and loss are ever present companions love that even in this newly forged era of peace let's uh let's go
2: into this one what do you think oh this one sounds absolutely great this is so many different interesting uh stories right we have um Lando's child which was a thread that was going to be in Rise of Skywalker at some point mm-hmm. uh and then gets picked up a lot in the uh, the Visual Dictionary Companion explaining this the idea that uh if they stick with this story the idea that the First Order uh targeted the children of of heroes <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, of this galactic civil war to abduct so that is great it ties into the story of the the horror of First Order taking yeah. children um, to get more about Ochi and his sacred blade, as they said, uh, mm-hmm. man, I love the character of Ochi. I know he's been featured in some of the comics. I haven't caught up with those yet, but I love Ochi. I love that creepy, weird knife with its creepy, weird, uh, the most complicated version of Google map possible <laughs> 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 that you got to frame it from the Southern shore. You know, only this blade tells all that clarity on that stuff, the timeline of that stuff. Amazing. Uh, then just, how is Jedi master Luke Skywalker feeling right now about the possibility that the Sith might reemerge? Is he kind of Zen about it of like, well, this is a cycle and that's part of my job is to make sure it doesn't emerge. Or is this a like, wow, I really thought that this was a little bit more contained and I'm, is Luke fearful or is Luke a little cocky or any number of emotions? How is Luke feeling about the possibility that there is a large Sith threat lurking somewhere?
3: I, I uh, love. I love that. I love this thing. This is why I love this uh, danger and loss, or ever-present companions. Even this newly formed uh, Forge era piece, twenty years out, and whatever you know, whatever the Mando verse brings us, we're past that a bit. Uh, we've got uh, the tattered remains are long gone. They're out here, and uh, we got a lot of the politics forming. Leia, the centrists, the populists, all that kind of stuff going, and to have that kind of dark shadow kind of reemerge, and what the Luke that we know, we get. Where do those, where do the cracks in the foundation begin? Uh, and like you said, is it like, we got this, I got this, or, oh, crap, I better form that school I was planning on doing. Or, man, this put a lot of pressure on this uh, this young nephew of mine running around uh, in middle school. Like, I mean, I, my mind starts to go a lot of different areas areas with that. And then the other side, Lando, and this very dramatic, traumatic personal loss, painful loss that he can never fully heals from I mean this idea we know he, he just end, ends up packing it in and, and, and moving to pisana here <laughs> yeah getting this <laughs> mobile studio apartment in pisana um, that's a, that's a, some very powerful emotional things to dive into for me.
2: Yeah, no, I, I love what you're saying about Luke. Uh, is it possible that he leans towards the future of saying, like, yep, no, I, I understand this threat is on the horizon, that is natural that the threat rises again. That's what the Jedi are for. But uh, I'm going to put my faith in the next generation and I'm going to really intensify uh, my training, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to build the next generation to help face this. Um, and speaking of the next generation, also amazing that they just give clarity in the description that, like, yeah, no, Ochi's going to be after. Uh, Ray and her parents. So there's so much room for both emotion and absolute clarity. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when the film first came out and uh, we, I think we did a whole episode about what are the story threads that we (laughs) want to see from Rise of Skywalker. You know, these are a, a handful of them, including... A little bit more about you know how do raised parents feel about their lineage exactly how did that work you know what what is the sort of philosophy of a of a rejected clone yeah. <laughs> uh considering himself a a child of palpatine who wants to run from him how much does her father truly know and understand all that stuff is uh you know up for grabs in this book which is really exciting
3: well, you're you're so right too. And hey, again, yeah, no pressure on you, Adam Christopher. It sounds like you had fun writing this book. Um, <laughs> this is outside of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph. Outside of say, you know, Snoke gets his robe and and becomes whoever he is, or turns in turns into Snoke from whatever he was. Other than that, I mean, these are some of the biggest questions that came out of Rise of Skywalker, just in terms of wait, 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 what happened here, and this and that. Um, this is some big stuff again. Uh, that we love exploring the themes on, but I, I just also want I just I want to find out and I want to see what they uh, they have as the answer to that uh, and, and all the relationship with uh, Chad our buddy Chad Palpatine we haven't <laughs> mentioned him in a while, um, all that kind of stuff that it, this is this is this is the one that made me yeah yeah okay Star Wars let me scroll scroll holy crap they're doing this uh, and and just hearing you talk about it I'm excited about those threads being picked up and uh, turned into a nice uh, sport coat or sweater.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the thing that maybe excites me the most. We started this conversation by talking about, you know, a little bit of that tiny push pull of, but, but would you like to see some of these stories on the screen or whatever? Um, But what, when I really think about it, there's so many bits and pieces of uh, ideas, emotional canon from the Star Wars books that I always think about that just uh, absolutely enrich and enhance the story on the screen. And I'm excited to get Not just those answers, right, but Mm -hmm. the real emotional story. And it's so fun to be able to read a book like this and I can watch the sequel trilogy and I enjoy it exactly as it is. Because to me, Mm -hmm. Star Wars always has a little bit of a a tip of the iceberg storytelling. It it invites you to imagine. But then you read a book book like this and you get a little bit more of that emotional canon. Mm -hmm. And then you get to watch. Something like The Last Jedi or, or The Rise of Skywalker with a little bit more of this emotional canon is just really rewarding as a fan.
3: Yeah. And look, I, I can already hear conversations I might be having around at uh, bars and parties. <laughs> of, uh, Well, I shouldn't have to read the book and all this kind of and And I, I think you're I don't think that's I just I just never that's never sat well with me because I don't think that's what they're saying.
2: You, no, you don't that. have to because the, the story of Rise of Skywalker is not the story of uh, Palpatine's rejected clone son's feelings. That's not yeah. the story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Reading that story might enhance yeah. the feelings, you know? And uh, Lando's lost child is not the story of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Lando being uh, somebody who has kind of lost the will to fight, but coming back to life and coming back to life with Mm -hmm. uh, the empathy and the understanding of an elder. That's his story in Rise of Skywalker. But then we'll get a little bit more emotional support, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, along the way, there's always going to be little moments, whether it's stuff from Catalyst or Rebel Rising or other books where you're like, oh, that line or sequence i would have loved seeing a movie or tv show that's always going to exist but i think you're so right as part of our general philosophy here at fortunate this tip of the iceberg storytelling just means the story will come but the story still stands whether it's just the tip of the iceberg or the entire iceberg it's still there and it's still part of the star wars universe can't wait for this one uh i uh and and you you know you mentioned ochi I do like most of what they've done with him in the comic series. Uh, It's been a weird time for me as a Star Wars fan with the comics. They're doing some great stuff overall. Some of it's just, eh, maybe not for me, but the Ochi stuff is uh, generally, they've used him in in an intriguing way, in a fun way, just kind of having that weird character around with still one of my favorite bad Star Wars names. Like Ochi of Bastoon is, it's something unique, but I've, I've really grew, grew to love the name and, So get a little more time with good old Ochi. Well, not good old. Bad old Ochi. It's going to be interesting, too.
2: Yeah. I mean, I love the name Ochi of Bastoon. The of is just so great and weird. And and he's terrifying looking in Rise of Skywalker. Absolutely terrifying. And then imagine the added insult of being terrified of him and then learning his name is Ochi. Like, I got to be terrified of a guy named Ochi. All right.
3: Love that, love that, love that. Um, all right. Any final thoughts on uh, Shadow of the Sith,
2: Joseph? No, no, no. I've got my Kenobi fever to calm down so we can move on. And the only cure is more Kenobi.
3: Uh, <laughs> final a news story of the day. We're actually stay, staying in the book realm. Now, this is really a cool and interesting. We got an art of book coming, but it is the art of Star Wars Visions. Big book on the way. Zach Davison is the lead writer of this one. 200 pl- uh, plus page book. Celebrating the concepts, designs, and the art of Star Wars visions. We love these books. The art of books are tremendously popular. And I do love that they do them for um, all the big, you know, even Galaxy's Edge or the video games. Not just the movies and TV shows. It's Star Wars. And so much goes into every little piece of of media that comes out. Like, eventually, I would love to eventually have an art of the High Republic. (laughs) Like, we've seen so much of it, you know? Yes, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, what are, what's your thoughts on uh, Star Wars Visions uh, getting its uh, its own art of book?
2: Uh, I'm excited by uh, just the existence of the book because of, uh, of the amount of support of the just the concept of Star Wars Visions. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about it on our two reviews, but I just think it's great to have uh, something that is absolutely Star Wars. But um is not kind of connected with all the stuff that we were just talking about. The canon stuff, obviously, we're hugely thrilled by, but it's great to support something that's just like, look, even without the sort of canon connections, without that hunger for answers, just the ideas and the visuals and the sense of, play in the sense of why not in the star Wars galaxy is really important too. And star Wars visions is just like a champion of that. That's what it is. Uh, So I'm excited to have the book exist to continue to just champion that idea that we can have both joys, the real Canon uh, joys and the look, star Wars is just fun. Let's go Mm -hmm. play. Um, But I'm really excited uh, to see just plain old more images from star Wars visions. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see, how much iteration there is on some of the the character design, the world design, uh because it's such a fascinating mix of just wild reinterpretations of known Star Wars things or things that are pretty close to the way they look in in modern canon Star Wars. So I'm excited to see the iteration.
3: Yeah, and and Star Wars visions the the not just the general overall positive feelings for all these stories and everyone having their favorite story but all, all the fan art emerging and all the just kind of uh love that's inspired uh, is exciting as a star wars fan there's great engagement with this series uh i i personally consider it a, a success so to continue to celebrate then anyway is, is so welcome here so uh and 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 so, i mean that's one of the things uh you know star wars vision is just beautiful all the way through whether or not i connected with Every story does not matter. What matters every episode? had something just wonderfully different uh, and and fun new visions of Star Wars. Hey, what a fun (laughs) title.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I think it's sometimes easy to miss that, you know, it really says written by. (laughs) Uh, These books aren't just uh, amazingly beautiful pictures. There's a possibility of getting some more kind of insights about the process and the back and forth and the philosophy behind some of the choices. So that's always great, too.
3: Great indeed. So look for that. Uh, That is coming in April 2022. All right, we're out of here for the news. Your questions are next, but first we got in. Four Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us, Joseph.
2: That is right, Ken. A big moment has come. This is, for now, the final time we will recommend out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland, which I believe we have been uh, recommending for 72 years, it feels <laughs> like. <laughs> we always start recommending the the next uh, you know big release that's coming, uh, and we fell behind all sorts of excitement of uh, the summer and the fall, so we have not been able to get to Out of the Shadows, uh, but we did both just read it. We're going to be talking about it on this Thursday's Deep Dive, so if you want to be caught up, check out Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland.
3: Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook out of the shadows. Deep dive coming. It's been a fun read. I actually have to still finish it. I I had dreams of finishing it on the, on the plane. And I'll tell you what, if I had the audio book, I would have done it, but I had the book book and it was hard to read on the plane for me.
2: So. Well, this there. is amazing. I, I emailed you the notes. Don't read them. They're spoilers. Finish the book first before you read, <laughs> read the notes for the rundown.
3: Good note. Cause I was going to look because uh, <laughs> you're, a, you're a master of pulling out the themes and sometimes I'll be like, okay, let me, let me, fo- helps me focus on sp- maybe a little more specific things to look for. But yeah. Okay. Good note. Anyways, we'll take this conversation off air while we go to break and come back with your questions here on
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
4: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
3: Welcome back to Four Center, Joseph and I have worked out our out of the shadows notes quandary, uh, and we're ready to get back into the show and your
2: questions, Joseph. What we get? Yeah, we got two questions from Twitter and two questions from our patrons on Patreon. We'll go first to Twitter, where Ross Squatch (laughs) has asked, from a trivia standpoint, do you welcome the introduction of new things, or do you fear that memorizing the mating habits of Bonbrax will make you forget the fuel capacity? of the GR75 Medium Transport. Love the show. Uh, Thanks for the kind words, Ross. Love this question. Uh, Over the years, Ken, you and I have both uh, Mm -hmm. really dived into doing some Star Wars trivia, like the actual competition with the great uh, movie trivia showdown and Mm -hmm. uh, other random places here and there. Uh, So there's the perspective of competing, but then there's this perspective of just what do we feel like we should know to keep up with the world of Star Wars and what are details we just want to know where do you go with this question do you ever have like a slight feeling in your gut of like no more information please star wars i'm full
3: (laughs) well yes yes but what it is it turns into no more information for me thank you i love star wars (laughs) like (laughs) let me not worry about this anymore and i'm not just talking about our time competing uh You know, high intensity level trivia competitions at movie trivia showdown or some folks go to Dragon Con and that kind of uh, wonderful uh, and big giant and famous trivia contest out there or just bar trivia somewhere else. Uh, I've just reached a point where I think because there's so much new Star Wars and many like us, but also, I don't know, you, you could 1999, it could be 20 plus years that you've grown up with it now we have just grown up with these movies and i always i was even talking about it this weekend in new york got to hang out with uh, um, a lot of competitors and met uh, thomas harper who's one of the current champions over there and it was is a big dragon con star wars trivia co- competitor i just don't have that in me anymore because i for 40 years knew that 5 ad-at walkers were on the, the north ridge on hoth i didn't i didn't memorize that i just knew that cuz saw them <laughs> and i i just I do sometimes to Ross's direct question, new numbers pop up in a movie. And I think to myself, or, you know, the model of, uh, you know, the speeder that Han hotwired. And so I remember hearing it for the first time and thinking, I, I, I don't, I don't care to know it. <laughs> and I and, and remember having a conversation with Alex about that, uh, Alex David, And I think we even got that in one of our matches and I didn't get it. And he got it. I was just like, I just, I just, at some point the door is shut. The way is shut. kid <laughs> is. Kept by the alive Star Wars lovers and, and, and the alive ones. Keep it. The way is shut. I don't let any more information in my brain too deep. And it'll just get there naturally as it needs to.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely hear and uh, agree with a lot of the things you're saying. I just went through a rigorous uh, training. <laughs> for the last uh, movie trivia schmodown I competed in. Uh, that uh, match is out. Uh, so you can go watch it. Uh, and if anybody doesn't watch the movie trivia showdown for Star Wars, I think the thing is, is it's kind of been a journey, right? It started, Ken, you were there. I wasn't at the very beginning, uh, but it started as a a little bit more of that kind of bar trivia of like, hey, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you know? Because you just know it. And it has now become the deepest of studying the the most memorizing uh, mm-hmm. of every little detail uh, possible. Yeah. Um, and, and that has made me really question. Um, what I want to know and why, you know? Yes. And I think uh, for me, I'm the same way. Like, there's some things that will just be burned in my memory because either I just heard about them growing up, a Yoda's stick in the novel is called a Gimmer stick. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I've known that uh, since I was a small child because I wanted to. It was uh, on the back of Han Solo's Power of the Force 2 action figure where he has the ridiculously large barrel chest (laughs) That that where I first learned his blasters, a Blastec DL-44. And I knew that because I wanted to, because I love Star Wars. Uh, And any new thing about Star Wars, I kind of have that instinct that any bit of information I want to know and I want to memorize because it has given Mm -hmm. me joy over the years. But now that there is so much to know, I feel like I kind of have to take that step back and be really honest with myself about why do I want to know things? Um, Maybe it's important to the story, right? And in that I want to remember, or uh, just want to make sure that uh, I don't, that I'm fluent when we're talking about it on the podcast. Um, then there's sometimes, is it just to win a contest? Is it like a a hallway number that does not have emotional relevance to me? Yeah. But I am going to memorize. Um, is it memorizing things so I can watch for connections, either just little fun ones or emotional ones? Like I'd never cared to know a lot of the numbers of the ships, but now that I had to learn some of them for the trivia contests, then I can start seeing connections. And then that's interesting to me because it's of mm-hmm. personal value. It's not just to win something sometime, you know? Okay. So I think th- the thing for me is like, yeah, all the information can absolutely get overwhelming. Um, but I wanna make sure that if I'm memorizing something, either it happens naturally because it's just something I love and I'm interested in, or if I'm memorizing, I wanna really double check that I'm doing it for reasons that are ultimately going to bring me joy. Mm. <laughs> uh, And for myself, um, you know, I think uh, I think that Dexter Jetster quote uh, from uh, Attack the Clones, which I I really like of I think you you uh, Jedi would have more respect for the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Mm. Um, I love knowing uh, weird little Star Wars details because it's something that's given me joy over my whole life because I love disappearing into this uh, weird fantasy galaxy. So I will always love having Star Wars wisdom or Star Wars knowledge. But ultimately for me, I want to make sure that the wisdom is the most important, right? Mm -hmm. That the idea that's represented by this number, (laughs) you know, or I I love this real, I know this really technical thing because I love that ship or I love that moment. But I always want to make sure that it's coming back to a place of love and not a place of I need to know all these things because otherwise... I don't want it to be coming from a place of fear. If I don't know all this, somebody will judge me. If I don't know all this, I might lose. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to make it come from a place of fear. I want to make sure every dumb little Star Wars detail I ever memorize comes from a place of of joy or wisdom.
3: All well said there. And, and, and the risk of, you know, I, I never want to finger wag and never want to be too grumpy. But the last couple of years have just... Uh, star wars will always have a component of it that is how much do you know because the names and the numbers and stuff are part of the fun and they're part of the fun for me and i know they're part of the fun for you and if i miss it i'll never forget tivik's name for the rest of my life after missing <laughs> that in a key part in a in a, in a, in a question a, a, p, p, a key part in a match um but yeah, I just, where I am as a Star Wars fan now, like you said, we always talk about Star Wars wants you to ask why and, and not how and and what, those can come a little bit later in this tip of the iceberg storytelling, all those kind of things. I, I just find myself in more of a place of uh, even having conversations with fans and overheard some this weekend, actually behind the scenes stuff uh, in the dressing room, uh, some people just in a circle, having fun, making fun of Rise of Skywalker, which is great because you we all have opinions, and I'm happy everyone has their own opinions. But I just, just, I, it just, it just struck me as you all know the names and numbers, but you really, I, just, I, I wish you all could just engage a little deeper and find joy because there's so much joy and and powerful lessons and connections there beyond just um, what a lot of people see. And I think that's just for me, uh, Ross, where I am too, where I I see some of these new things and just go, it it doesn't matter to me as much because what matters is everything behind these movies in terms of themes and lessons for me and for others. And so that's part of what fuels it too, but I don't, I don't want to finger wag. I don't want this and that like watch Star Wars, how you want to watch Star Wars, but that without a doubt factors into where, where I am with this.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's the thing too, is like, uh, I don't want to gatekeep myself and say, (laughs) (laughs) I need to know this amount of information. I don't want to gatekeep anybody else. If the way they love Star Wars is by memorizing uh, information, that's great. But I think ultimately for me, yeah. To Ross's question, like, yeah, I, I do feel overwhelmed sometimes because I kind of want to know everything. Yeah. Uh, but I want to make sure that I'm coming from a place of uh, of joy and, uh, and not from fear. For example, yeah. I'm thrilled. I wanted I actively wanted to know and memorize the names of the Knights of wren because I think they're really cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and that's what's most important to me.
3: They're great. And there's uh, there's Metallica. There's Guns and Roses. There's L.A. Guns. <laughs> they're a great band. All, all of them. there.
2: Yeah, White Snake (laughs) is—he's maybe my favorite member of uh, Uh, Knights of Ren. That's a red. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, great question, Ross. Uh, Moving on to a question from Alejo. Alejo says the news is out: the Chancellor or Emperor, you if you choose, uh, have announced you two will become ambassadors. Best part—you get to choose. So, which planet in this galaxy would you like to represent, the Chancellor or the Emperor? This is a fun question. We are—we have the maybe not great. jobs (laughs) Damn jobs <laughs> of being ambassadors of the chancellor or emperor, uh, where do we want to go to work? Mm. See, my my thought,
3: my, my kickback to Alejo, Joseph, is, you know, are we are we like are we like um Panaka, where we're like, oh cool, my old friend Palpatine got me a job. All things are good. Eh, there's some things <laughs> around me that I don't like, but I'm gonna be who I am within this uh this structure. Or are we working against Palpatine by by trying to be an ambassador of, of what could be. And we look around and see the world is uh, not going so well, uh, or we uh, lock step with a good whole sheave here?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For myself, my mind went to this. Um, yeah. I can't, uh, I, I can't work with, uh, with chief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if I did, it would be to undermine him. Right. Yes. Uh, assuming that I could be my best and bravest self uh, I would, uh, want the appointment to Naboo, you know, he's not, he's not going back to his home planet. Right. Um, I would want to go to Naboo because that is often the answer to the question for me of, uh, which planet would you like to visit? Naboo is very beautiful it has got a thriving art scene uh, I could maybe do some theater while I'm there Get get back on stage and do some acting on Naboo While I'm in mm-hmm. that'd be fun uh, for me uh, But more importantly uh, I would want to be able to make uh, contact With uh, you know, maybe handmaidens And anybody else trying to undermine mm-hmm. uh, Palpatine's agenda And then uh, also I, I just want to meet C.O. Bibble I just want to shake oh, his hand yeah. He was right, he was entirely correct <laughs> <laughs> the communications disruption did mean invasion. And I want to congratulate him for being right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would, I'd maybe want to go to uh, Chandrila for the same Ooh. reasons, right? Maybe work with, I mean, at this point, I'm just saying, I think you and I are helping to start uh, the rebellion here. Um uh At this point, Um that would be interesting to me. Uh would not, I mean, would love to go to Alderaan, but you know, let's make sure we're packing our bags at some point there. But that would work for me. Um, there's something, too, I like about the idea of a Ryloth. Uh, since revolution is in the air already. Oh, yeah. It might be a tough gig if you have to kind of put any kind of facade on to make it seem like you're doing some work for your job so you don't uh, get the empire curious. Uh, so we're talking dangerous things. I've always, my, I try not to make my answer... Endor anymore for a lot of things. Um, I don't think the Empire cares about the Ewoks, but maybe if you could convince Palpatine that we we might one day need to set up a base there. Let me see what I can go uh, do here. Uh, I'd like a little mountain getaway.
2: Might be a good job for a year or two. Well, now, Ken, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but maybe now what I need is is for us to write the uh, fan fiction where uh, Jerr Gerard took an escape pod off the Death Star and he is (laughs) living with the Ewoks.
3: (laughs) Uh, so it's kind of—is it kind of like the Mash spinoff After Mash? Is it a little bit like Gerard? <laughs> Gerard
2: yeah, After Star. After yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's no, great. Great question, Alejo. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on, Ken?
3: No, tough gig. That's a tough gig because bapting he would be watching everybody, and he might know the choices you're making.
2: Yeah, morally compromised or life under threat. Uh, At least try to live somewhere nice while you're in that uh, not great position. Uh, Moving on to our questions from Patreon. Uh, Adam Knight asks, what is your most tired hot take when it comes to general Star Wars discussion, be it good or bad? Mine is the, well, Empire is clearly the best movie which, while it's delightful, I'm not sure is relevant given the anthological nature of the Star Wars saga mm. uh, or saga. Uh, great, great. Uh, thank you for letting me say uh, the word anthological. That was a ton of fun. Uh, Ken, this is a good challenge for us to remain positive while also <laughs> honestly <laughs> answering the question about uh, which Star Wars uh, hot takes I uh, have, uh, have, uh, feel like we have spent enough time on. As Star Wars fans ourselves.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm trying to not, not to mention anyone by name that I know. Um, there's <laughs> one, one, category, one kind of bucket of hot takes that I, I've been tired of for a while. And then there was one uh, I heard this weekend again in this uh, theater uh, dressing room, green room that we were in. I'll start with that one because it's minor. I, that, that Rise of Skywalker is overstuffed and too fast-paced. Is... Hmm. One of the ones overstuffed is, is a blanket film critic term. And I'm not even talking about like a film critic, like a, like a Malton or one of those type of classic, you know, an actual film critic. I do believe it's a, it's a, it's a, a job. I do believe it's a skill and I do believe it can be important uh, at times. Uh, I, I've always been a fan of that, but it's in this, in this era. And I think everyone knows, I just hear that a lot. Ah, it's overstuffed like and too fast pace. What that movie Maybe on your first viewing, there's a lot going on. There's some bonker stuff. I've always said that. The more you watch it, the more it's it's pretty straightforward in there. The more it's the big themes and stuff that we love. That I just I just don't. I, I hear that. I just want to go. You might not. You might never like this movie. I'm not here to convince you to like this movie. But fast paced. Like you, you you always talk about the serial adventure side of Star Wars. New Hope zips. All the Return of the Jedi is like two short films in one, like and it moves. Like before you know it, you're in the briefing room of Endo ready for the final battle. You're going on. Does 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 Rise of Skywalker try to pull from the other movies and give you big answers reveals all this kind of stuff? Yeah, I get it. I maybe that's where that comes from. But I've I've just grown tired of hearing that one because I just don't think it's a super fast movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, this is where just really trying to talk about why we feel the way we do is so much more um, rich and interesting right Mm -hmm. because uh, you and I have the take that uh, the film is is really trying to be true to the the early spirit of Star Wars including the adventure serial which you know I love Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker Um, part of the reason I love them both is because they're different (laughs) they're different parts of the story with serving different uh, you know uh, uh, agendas Mm -hmm. And, and they should not not behind the yeah. scenes agendas, but yeah. telling different parts of the story. Um, and I feel like last Jedi dials down. It's got great action scenes, but it dials down the number of action scenes in the, 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 how close they are together. Right. Yeah. Um, so I understand somebody saying like, I really like, I like that pace of last Jedi. I prefer that. Um, but then, you know, rise of Skywalker wants to be an adventure serial. And I'd love to be able to have conversations with people going like, Oh, I will accept that premise and then say, I don't like that pacing (laughs) rather than the movie is bad period. Yeah. Uh, Because I just always find any take I'm, I'm almost happy to discuss I'm almost any take if it can truly, if I can truly hear the person's personal reasoning behind it. Right. You know, or personal, like I don't ever need somebody to like something that I like, but I want to know the, the why of, why they don't like the film, either because of their personal relationship to it, their preferences in Star Wars. Um, I'm happy to have them pull uh, actual examples from the film, not from interviews with the creators (laughs) uh, or, you know, sort of imagined behind-the-scenes fights uh, or hearsay, but actual what happened in the film or the TV show or the book and why didn't you respond to it? Then I feel like I'm having a conversation with another person and i can maybe learn a little bit about them and i can maybe try to understand their perspective mm-hmm. uh then i find it an interesting conversation
3: yeah yeah i wish you were with me for at least one day in new york um <laughs> so that's the first one i i have another one but uh, you, we can uh, kick uh, kick the oars if you want sir
2: yeah yeah um well, I think for Adams, I, I think his example of, of the hot take he's tired of is Empire is clearly the best movie. I mean, I think for me, I think that is that whole conversation about how we talk about things, objective versus subjective. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm yeah, I'm tired of any conversation where somebody tells me what is clearly the best. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to tell me why it's clearly your favorite or why you think this particular element of the filmmaking is more successful. Oh, awesome great uh but yeah the the some of the opinions i think that's the thing about the hot takes. some of them that that's kind of they come from a real place people like what yeah. they like and don't like what they don't like and fine maybe maybe more star wars fans than not dislike a, a certain part of star wars uh but i don't like it when it just becomes kind of like this uh, uh agreed upon truth in the community that this, this part is good. This part is bad period. Um, that's frustrating for me. No debate, no debate, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just, everybody knows that it's true. Like, yeah, that's just frustrating uh, for me. Cause again, then we don't kind of crack open the shell and and get past just conflict of, I like this. Well, I don't period, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but get to the why, uh, the hot take that I think I am the most done with myself is, uh, the empire is actually the good guy. Mm Mm-hmm the empire is is you know they're they're actually the ones who are right um it is it, going back to, you know, A New Hope, which, you know, when it first came out as Star Wars was discussed as this uh, simple movie about good and evil and the heroes win and you can walk out of the theater with a smile, all that stuff. Uh, you know, the movie is pitched that way. And then, you know, you get to eventually that point where people are like, you know, actually, if you look at it from this perspective, the Empire is a legitimate government and the, the rebels could be seen as terrorists and Luke. Mm-hmm destroyed the Death Star and killed all those people who are just working there. That's all interesting stuff to discuss. Star Wars itself you know, wrestles with the gray areas of the people who are all in for the Empire and the people who just kind of got sucked in by the propaganda. There's plenty of gray areas. For me, in my very strong opinion, there's no gray area. Palpatine's an evil space wizard who believes only in himself, his own accumulation of power, and actively loves it when other people suffer. (laughs) Yeah. And only after he has successfully taken over the entire galaxy and ravages planets and human beings so they can suffer more, which makes him happy and gives him more power, only after he has totally done that do some people rise up and go, we, we kind of can't let this go. <laughs> I think we have to stop the evil space wizard from purposefully inflicting pain for his own power. I, I think we should do something about that. It's just for me. Like the gray areas great in Star Wars. There's like a lot of great storytelling about that, particularly on the page. And um, even now more with Mandalorian, there's some great yeah. storytelling about the gray area of the individuals caught in the machinery of the yep. empire of the first order. Great. But the, uh, the hot take of, I have, especially if somebody ever presents it to me is something like, it's a new idea of like, Oh, you like yeah. Star Wars, but have you ever considered the empire? <laughs> they're actually the good guys. Like that, that's the one for me. That's like, yeah, this is, (laughs) this is hard for me to engage with.
3: Uh, yes, I agree with that one. Yes. There's something about, uh, I think of George again saying, yeah, y'all missed the point of the story of Vader. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all. All right. Let me really double down on why he's not to be rooted for. Maybe have some compassion and empathy. Yeah. So there you go. It's also, I, I got one pal that's always like, I love learning about the, the Sith philosophies. I'm like, and what for what means? Like, what's, what's, <laughs> why do you want to know? Why are you intrigued by when you hear about their side of the conversation? It's uh, just one of those things. Um, that's a good one, sir. That is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: and again, like I said, I really want to caveat because I, I always want to own things that they're my opinions. Yeah, uh, I will say that this is an opinion that is supported directly by quotes from Lucas and Feloni, uh, two two fairly prominent voices in the Star Wars community. Um, but but I always do want to caveat. Uh, there, there are there is plenty of storytelling to be had about the gray areas and about did which which heroes chose to take their fight against the empire too far, like Saw Gerrera. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's plenty of gray areas to discuss. For me, it's just the black and white, uh, mm. the empire are the good guys, period. Yeah. That, that's the one that's hard for me.
3: 100%. 100%.
2: Uh, did you have another uh, specific hot take example?
3: Yeah. My, my, uh, my one keeps coming along to this, this idea. I hear a lot of, um, of uh, the the whether it be Luke and Last Jedi or one for me that like from Solo is well, Alden was good, but it just wasn't the same character. And that, that wasn't let that Luke and Last Jedi was not the same character, not the character. And, and and that can spin off into hashtag not my Luke or that meme I saw go around again that the, the of the, the the Luke from Mando, that's the one we deserve. But we got the green drought drink, milk drinking one. And that's a that's a hot take. I don't I just I've just I have no seconds for more <laughs> um but uh, the luke one we can go on and on but uh, i particularly the the solo alden one like say what you will about the film or maybe you really wanted to see the lord miller version all those kind of things got it get it good and it uh, the movie does play a little smaller because the the, the the immediate fate of the galaxy is not at risk i understand all that but i'm sorry man that's so that that was the that that was solo that was the character of han solo at a key point in his life, at some key moments in his life, learning a lot of what we love. And I can't stress enough how much I love Alden Ehrenreich in that role. And uh, so I just don't, I just don't have, I just, and it just doesn't make sense (laughs) if you sync it up. But if you sync it up from even the, you know, from the way he stands, there's that, I always talk about that one shot. There's like Alden uh, kind of from um, a couple shots from behind with his hands on his hip. I'm like, you could cast him in a young, indiana jones role on based on just that posture alone he got harrison ford down on that side and it's not just an impression or impersonation it goes deeper and then as a character side all those moments uh, you you know i lo- you and i love the big boast mutter trouble under his breath and all those <laughs> things it's that character it's the same person and it's it, but but we're learning and he's learning a lot more and i just i just I, yeah those are the, one of the ones that i just kind of nod politely, reach for the snack at the table, and go to another part of the party.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand frustration with that one. I think a lot of it is, you know, as we always say, hey, your taste is your taste, and if you just see that movie, you're like, ah, it's not Harrison Ford, and to me, Han Solo is Harrison Ford, and it, it just didn't resonate with me. I, did, I didn't like it. It's, it's never going to work for me. Great. There's nothing to argue there. That's your personal taste. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what can maybe get frustrating because you and I spend so much time talking about analyzing thinking about enjoying is like when you really look into the film um there's so much support for this this film is is written by people who know this character inside and out who are writing him at this point in his life shaping him of where he's going to go um Alden's performance is clearly not yeah an impression it is playing the soul of this character who wants to be one thing but kind of knows he's the other but doesn't want to admit it to himself and all these great things going on and I think it's hard when we spend a lot of time thinking and talking about it, and you know, there's a difference between somebody who just has sees the movie and has an opinion. Uh, great, you, you ever you you have every right to it. And I think sometimes it's hard when we're coming at it from like, <laughs> here's the essay <laughs> that we have in our minds uh, about. Uh, what's truly going on in the film the narrative choices the acting choices that make this character truly on solo for me i think that's sometimes a hard part of the of the casual conversations is like what kind of conversation are we having are we writing dueling essays (laughs) yeah are we just having a friendly conversation about which movies you liked or not you know And, and that i think that is a part of it too of just trying to assess what kind of conversation are you in That's a actually we you and I could probably just do a whole whole
3: show on this, but it'll we don't want to get too negative. But yeah, it's um that's a great way. Are we do we just want to talk about the war of the lightsabers and the seismic charges, which are all cool? Do we want to talk about that, or do we want to talk about what this means to so many generations and and have those conversations? Because the the hot take that I'm tired more than any of it is a personal one. Uh, That is uh, oh Ken, you just see Star Wars with rose colored glasses on. That is that that is. You know, and I know you've received different versions of that as well, Joseph, as anyone oh, yeah. who's in the, the Star Wars talking world um, and expresses um, love, but not just love, but just uh, let's talk about everything and, and, and break it apart and have fun doing that. Um, that one's uh, it's it kind of wraps up all of them for me. <laughs> just, again, tired of dealing with that one, too, in a way. But uh, luckily, we luckily, we don't have to deal with it too much. We don't have to engage with it. We can just go talk Star Wars here in Force Center.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, great, great question, Adam. I think it's uh, always a, uh, a great challenge to try to be uh, honest about our strong opinions uh, while also still, you know, taking responsibility for the fact that they are uh, mm-hmm. opinions uh, at the end of the day. Uh, so moving on to our final question from Justin Jacobson. Uh, Justin says, am I the only one who wants the acolyte to be the story of a singing drenger mm-hmm. bullying a shopkeeper into feeding and caring for it? Is it wrong? to want little shop of star wars i mean <laughs> you're not alone now because <laughs> i want that right right ken this is a fun question a funny question so many mm-hmm. things to break it down um you, would you would you ever want something just uh, some more obviously that we have things like the star wars shakespeare books would you ever want some just like mashups just for fun on screen
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 especially if a, a comic book form, a graphic novel, would be a fun place to to see something like that in a Star Wars musical. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I, 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 I like the, the the Lego Star Wars adventure stuff going on right now with the, the the terrifying tales and the holiday special. And I you know I always feel bad I didn't dive into the Freemaker adventures, but I know you love them and Jen Land too. Uh, there's room for that kind of stuff. Not just parody, but just like. Just exploring Star Wars, much like we got Star Wars Visions, and perhaps maybe a more serious way to explore the inspiration of Star Wars and, and all that kind of stuff there. But that's why I love the Tatooine Rhapsody one. It, it, it's just it's a rock concert of Star Wars. Like, so yeah, if you want to give me a, a you know feed me more with the Drenge year I'm, I'm, I'm all the, I'm all for it
2: feed me meat is uh, the drencher. <laughs> love to call everyone meat um yeah no great to bring up the star wars uh lego specials because yeah if there are more halloween specials and the high republic continues to be the big success it is mm-hmm. uh if a drencher appears in a star wars lego special yeah, i think i think they're pretty good odds of a little shop of star wars joke right there yes yes <laughs> yes uh jedi named seymour sure why not why not um Yeah, I think uh, I think for myself on this question of I'd be happy to see just more anything playing around with Star Wars, having fun with it. That's great. I love the spirit of this question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't care how I want to see the Drenger on screen. I I don't care if it is a Lego thing. I don't care if it's Little Shop Star Wars. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I don't care if it's uh, eventually uh, High Republic uh, era storytelling, but I would love to see. The Drenger on screen, there's great possibility for comedy. But I think, you know, if they're done right on screen, the the terror of the Drenger, I think, uh, can really come through. I totally agree with you there. Yeah. And uh, since uh, Justin also name checks the Acolyte, uh, what are your hopes right now? Are you hoping uh, that uh, we know we've been told it takes place at the sort of tail end of the High Republic? And we've been told that's just sort of an, an era uh, just for clarity about the era, that's not necessarily like anybody announcing that it's going to tell the, the fall of you know, anything or that. Uh, it's just an era. Uh, that said, um, do you have any hopes for, for Acolyte uh, uh, in general or, or the idea that something like a Drenger, not a singing one necessarily, but a Drenger could survive into that era and we could see it in Acolyte?
3: Yeah, I've, I've just, you know, I say it all the time. I've just never been more excited for a show I know so little about. Uh, and, uh, you know, I um, really love all the things Leslie Headland says about Star Wars and just the way you know, she approaches it. And so that's that's just got me excited. And I I want something a little dark and witchy, but it's always, you know, it's going to have Star Wars fun. And I, I don't doubt that. Um, but uh, the, the, the kind of, a, I don't know, emerging Sith powers or exploring just the dark side outside of even the Sith because the dark side exists nonetheless and, and the dark side manifests itself in so many ways and and if that could be uh, you know if there's any kind of I don't say growing in power like it's a you know dark side is, is gathering up members to and it leads us into the phantom Menace era I honestly you know, mean that but just exploring that side of it and with whatever the characters might be without uh, out a doubt uh, we, we know it's gonna be a female centric story and and what what does the dark side have to say about um you know I, I guess not just I say just gender equality but just what does the dark side even see in that what is, is it just want power or you know uh, do we get uh, it, it, we got we got the night sisters everything but it's like could there be a nice wonderfully uh, wonder, just wonderfully powerful uh, female Sith and dealing with anythings within in that I'm expecting some of that kind of uh, uh, themes and narratives throughout it too. so I'm just uh, overall excited but again, I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. I'm just intrigued by a creator getting the keys to this side of the this part of the castle.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm really excited that the uh, Leslie Headland is, is a great writer, and everything that she's said about Star Wars is just uh, super awesome, super interesting, and insightful. Um, so I'm just hoping that the the acolyte, you know, a lot of fans are like, ooh, maybe the Night Sisters. Uh, but the idea of yeah, seeing seeing the Force from another perspective, seeing uh, how somebody maybe dances uh, with the dark side in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that happens to include uh, that they've got a pet drenger, <laughs> yeah, I'd be fine with that. But I'm really just excited to see. A fresh story in a kind of different timeline dealing with uh, uh, characters who are dancing with the dark side in some way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that are, that are, those are the questions, Ken, uh, from Justin, Adam, Alejo, and Ross Squatch. Thank you all very much for the questions. That are the questions.
3: (laughs) Them, the people asking that questions. Uh, hey, we talk so much in microphones. We'll make up our own words if we do <laughs> uh, all that. Yeah, great questions. And Ross Squatch, I I love your soap, uh, Doctor Squatch <laughs> soap. Uh, good stuff. All right, all right. We are uh, almost out of here on this episode of Four Center. Let me tell you where you can find us or follow us. We are on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We uh, are also on Instagram and YouTube. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Podcast is on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. And look, I've I've had people, not just four Center listeners, a lot of people reach reach out and say there's, there's just been frustrated with some of the Apple Podcast uh, glitches and and gaffs that have been going on lately. I understand, I get it because I use it too. Don't forget, there's other places to listen check it out and Spotify has <laughs> actually become my preferred place as well so uh, we have merch available on tpublic.com slash user slash center and patreon.com slash center is where you can support us directly from there you can get into our discord and a wonderful uh, um, just positive group of Star Wars fans there to discuss things with you every day uh, as for our own stuff uh, you can follow me at Ken or go to my website kenappsock.com we'll have updated comedy dates soon uh, one just uh, we, we, we moved it around. It was going to be in San Francisco soon, but that's uh, going to be in another time. So I'll keep you updated on that one there. Uh, And as uh, always, uh, we like to plug in uh, and talk about uh, things uh, out there in the world where we want to put um, our resources or just shine a little light on um I again I'm going to go back to the one I, I work with a lot the California Fire Foundation at cafirefoundation.org. I think we're hopefully out of a lot of the fire seasons but that's also when um a lot of the people who lost things or firefighters and families and other things that go through uh need even more help. So go to cafirefoundation.org to plug into that one. Joseph
2: yeah, you can find me uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, com for all sorts of other comedy adventures, including links to my other podcast, Obsessed. Like I said, if you are a James Bond fan, my wife and I are going to be discussing No Time to Die on that podcast, Obsessed, very soon, so check that out for myself. For the thing I would like to plug, I'm going to continue to plug uh, the service Vote Forward Uh, It is a service where you print out letters and then you write a personal message about why you vote. And then those are sent to voters just to encourage them to vote. They've been doing some studies and they have verified that this is working to just get more people to use their power. Go vote. uh, Go make a choice. Go make a difference and use your power. So if you're interested in writing some letters, you can check it out at votefwd.org
3: there you go check it all out thank you so much for listening we're excited about the news the books and everything coming we got the out of the shadows deep dive coming soon and more thanks for your support this has been the force center podcast main show here on the force center podcast we'll see you